Welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider. I am your host, Harrison Fagan. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host and fiance, Mia Agraviador. And today we have the special honor and treat of being joined by... <laughs> I don't know if it's a stretch to call him Lakers Twitter royalty. Like, he's sort of like Jeez. the emperor of this fan base. You all know him as coach, but, you know, some of us call him just Laker Film Room, but he prefers to be known as Pete Zayas. Pete, how is it going today? I'm doing well. Can I cuss at you on this podcast? Or is yes. it- oh, absolutely. Go yeah. for it. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Mia's mom will be upset, but you definitely can cuss at me. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket in case I need it. Yeah, she. I think she only gets mad when Mia cusses, because I've cussed before and she doesn't say anything. But she'll text Mia, she's like, you were cursing like a sailor on that episode. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> um, but the re- we are joined here by Pete today, fittingly, given that both of us cover basketball, for a basketball movie from, it, it is a little bit of a stretch to call this like a childhood favorite, but mostly I really wanted to bring Pete on and I want an excuse to rewatch this movie while we do not have basketball. Today we are going to be watching White Men Can't Jump. Uh, which is a favorite of Pete's. It is a movie that I watched uh, like when I was still in high school, I think, really enjoyed it, but have not seen it since. And But Pete, I know that this is your probably favorite basketball movie of all time. So like, I guess my question to you is like, what made you like it so much as somebody who like really, really loves basketball? So I loved, like, I love playing pickup basketball and pickup basketball has a different culture than organized basketball. And most organized basketball movies are about a coach coming into a small town, the Hoosiers theme, right? Coming into a small town and like turning things around, right? And these redemption stories is about a couple of hustlers playing pickup ball in Venice, trying to, you know, make a living and, and get through life. And pickup basketball has such a like looser culture around it it's been years since i've been involved in it but when it came out i was i was i think i was 12 when this movie came out and so i was playing playing hoops wherever i can at dominic masari park in palmdale and just like uh and throughout my teenage years and all that and i just had an appreciation for kind of how playing ball on the playground and on, on the courts outside is just different than organized ball so i just love that it kind of looked at basketball from a different angle which is not something that a lot of basketball movies do yeah, I mean, I think honestly, that's why I'm excited for Mia to see it, just because like she, I think you've said this before, right? That you're not really a fan of sports movies for the most part. No, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry, 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 I'm not. <laughs> yeah, she. but this is a very non-traditional sports movie. And so I do think like this is probably one that you're going to end up liking more. So did you see this in theaters or did you watch I, I it? This, I would have seen this in theaters. Yeah, probably okay, in okay. Palmdale, California somewhere. I don't think they had home movies back then. <laughs> touche you're probably right yeah yeah it's not like Netflix or anything like that um I, I guess Pete the only other thing that we like we usually try to address in these intro ones is like do you think it's going to hold up like I've seen it so high school for me was uh, actually that was like over 10 years ago now but like it wasn't like it was recent enough and I was uh, close enough to being an adult that I feel like this movie's going to hold up like I really like that like I feel like it, some of the stuff that you said, it really does accurately capture that pickup culture. It's like you know, it's just a weird kind of like all over the place movie, but they bring it together like with a through line of these like two really interesting characters. Um, but I guess do you? So I feel like it's gonna hold up. But do you feel the same way? I do. It's been a while since I've seen it, so it, we are in dangerous territory where I, I could very well be wrong about that. Uh, I'm not sure all of the outfits are going to hold up. Uh, it is very, very <laughs> early 90s in that respect. Now. 
Yeah, I think I, that's I think that's coming full circle. So yeah. like I think now right. like these are going to be like very like in and I just okay. like ate myself by using in. I don't know what the correct <laughs> term is for the youths today. But um anyway, I think we are going to go watch this movie and we will be right back with our thoughts on whether or not it still holds up. <laughs> Okay, so we just watched White Men Can't Help Us together, but not in the same room because we're practicing good social distancing. And Mia, before we start talking about what we liked and didn't like about the movie, Mia is going to lead us in with our 60-second summary, which, as you might guess by the segment name, is where she tries to summarize the plot of the movie in 60 seconds. Are you starting a countdown? Or? Yeah, go okay. ahead. I'm counting. One. One. Two. So we open up on Venice Beach. Woody Harrelson is Billy and he is a white man and he can't jump so then <laughs> with um he meets up with uh Blade who is um also a person who plays Blade you know Blade um yeah. what's the character Wesley name? Snipes Wesley Snipes the tax evaser um so he plays basketball and then he sees a Billy and he's like hey you can't jump and he's like yes I can and then apparently he can I guess so then they play basketball and then they start like a whole like thing where they're like they're like, oh, we're going to get money, but then, like, they don't, but then they do, and then they put be put into, like, a competition, and they win money, but then Billy loses it again, and then uh, somewhere along between the lines, his wife or girlfriend wants to do Jeopardy, I don't know why, and then she wins money, and then he also wins money, her money, and then he's like, I want to bet more money, and she's like, no, fuck you, and then she leaves, and then he plays a basketball game, and then he wins more money, and then he doesn't get the girl back, and turns out white men can jump. That wow. is pretty much how it went, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, first of all, Pete, you're not going to know this, but this is the first time Mia has ever come in under 60 seconds for one of these things. Hell yeah. Um, so we just made some Is This Movie Still Good history here. Yeah. Um, rewind and reconsider history. Sorry. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you pretty much, for the most part, in like very broad strokes, nailed it. Um, Wesley Snipes' character's name is Sydney, by the way. Actually, I just, I just had to look at that again. I remember uh, Woody Harrelson was Billy for some reason. I think because they yell his name at him a whole lot more. Um, <laughs> it like really ingrains it in because people are screaming at him all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and and you miss the part where they were on the run from the mob, which is why he was hustling basketball games and trying to save up money. I feel like that was sort of like a mm, kind of like a side side quest, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they it had was... to give it some urgency somehow. So yeah, 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 I don't really remember that honestly. Yeah, that that whole plot line, like, just I guess if we're diving in, was very strange. Just in like, they just didn't seem really concerned enough that these two mob hitmen were on their tail. Uh, like, you know, like I, I think they changed hotels after the first time that they were found. But like, they just were kind of like they ran away, and they're like, all right, well, we got away from these guys. I guess we're good. We shouldn't leave the city and just keep on doing what we're doing. Uh, no way these guys are going to find us again. And, you know, like the whole part at the end where they had him pose like he was killed was kind of a fun, like, uh, like a basically like like plot twist kind of thing. Because you think like, oh, shit, like they actually just really just killed him. And that's how this movie's going to end. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he just had like some syrup or whatever. And, you know, they just let him go. But that was strange that they just kept a photograph of bodies, which... I guess is less dark in retrospect because you see that they faked it with Billy. So maybe none of those were real, but that was like a really dark note for the move for what's supposed to kind of be like a lighthearted comedy for the most part. 
randomly thrown in there in the middle that I did not remember and kind of took me aback. Like a random execution scene, you know, just out of nowhere, just, uh, yeah, just a bunch of bodies, you know, yeah. we like kept in a photograph book as you know, one does. Yeah. Um, uh, Pete, you said you saw this when you were 12. Yeah. In theaters. Yes. It was a rated R movie. Yeah. I mean, it was Palmdale, California. No one, <laughs> no one cared. There was a lot of explicit sex scenes in this movie. I was not prepared for. I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. At yeah, all. that was. I remember that that being inspiring at that age. Transformative <laughs> for a twelve year old. Transformative for a twelve year old boy. Rosie Perez is Puerto Rican, you know, and uh, as as I am half Puerto Rican, so I was like, oh, I know a lot of, know a few women like her, but yeah. No, it was the sex scenes, Pete. What did you like about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we are quarantined. It is uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's funny. I like I like different things about the movie than I did when I was younger, right? Like I'd seen it again since I was 12, but like living in LA now, Venice and Venice Beach is just 5 minutes, 10 minutes from my place. Mm-hmm. And knowing, you know, and they've got a lot of the characters like the dude who uh goes around on the roller skates with the guitar and uh he's been there for years. Like a lot of the characters, the singing groups, the and just like the Venice, the courts out there are very legendary in pickup ball. Um, I was watching it like the last time I watched it, I wasn't doing LFR. And like the basketball scenes in basketball movies are so freaking bad. Yeah. And I just wanted to like vent about that a little bit. It's like hire somebody. I read in the Wikipedia that they hired Bob Lanier, the Hall of Famer from the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. But like <sighs> It's so bad. And and like you really have to suspend reality when he's out there. Like Raymond is played by Marcus Johnson, the guy yeah. who goes to hold up the liquor store, right? Um, and like he was a all-star caliber NBA player and who had just retired a couple years before the, the movie had been released. And uh his son Josiah Johnson is an NBA Twitter legend, makes all those uh, Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah, I did not I I mean that's such a common last name. I would not have made that connection. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's, I didn't know either. That's one of his sons, and, and Josiah is great. He did the Legends of Chamberlain's Height, Legend yeah. of Chamberlain's Heights. Yeah, he, he's great. Uh, anyway, watching like actors play basketball, although from that respect, like Snipes and 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 Harrelson are pretty good. Like all things considered, they've got like you have to suspend reality to think they're going to beat Marcus Johnson two on one, much less two on two. But like they were okay, but the other actors were so bad and then so much of the scenes were like yo mama jokes and like look i love a good yo mama joke as much as anyone as harrison of all people can attest to. <laughs> uh, but like it was just so like who freaking wrote these but there were some scenes where like it was very very pickup basketball like when you get pissed off at a guy and you're like checking the ball up top and you're just like passing the ball back and forth to each other yeah, that was funny. And you're like fuck you no fuck you no fuck you <laughs> like that actually happens in pickup games but like everyone's stopping to tell lame yo mama jokes eh, i don't know but still yeah. it's 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 fun it's a fun movie i think it's very dated because i don't think a lot of people do yo mama jokes anymore other than pete Oh, other than Pete, I guess. Well, but mine are a little more elaborate, at least. It's yeah. true. Oh, there's true. like there's it's an elaborate setup in there. Yeah, you're you're very thoughtful in the way that you insult me using my mom. Um, thank you, thank you, Harrison. That means a lot. <laughs> um, so I read. Um, there was a uh, Entertainment Weekly article that I read, and it, apparently, it turns out that when Wesley Snipes auditioned, he was literally not a good basketball player at all. 
Uh-huh. And they only casted him because he just trash talked everyone every time he went out there. Even if he missed, he would trash talk someone. <laughs> so that's why they got him. And then Woody Harrelson, I think, actually played basketball in college. So um, I think he was a somewhat decent player, better than Wesley Snipes, I think. Yeah, yeah I, re- I remember reading that the scenes had to be, before watching doing this rewatch, that the scenes were a little selectively edited. And if you pay attention, like you can oh, yeah. see that there. And so like there are a lot of scenes where Wesley Snipes, like he's dribbling the ball, but it's not in frame because mm-hmm. like they don't want to show you what him dribbling the ball actually <laughs> right, looks he's like. like fumbling it around. Yeah. And like to his credit, he actually had like a couple, like he had a, like a behind the back move at one point that I was like, oh, that was actually really well executed for someone that they're all saying was not good at basketball but you know like I guess he must have gotten better throughout the training process for this movie but I do remember reading a quote where somebody said like you know just getting him to like perform some of the scenes was a nightmare because he just wasn't good at basketball yeah um and that Woody Harrelson was actually all right like as you met which if he played in college which I didn't know um that would actually explain that I I think one of the things, like going back to kind of what you were saying, Pete, like that was also one of the things that I really appreciated about the movie. Like aside from the Yo Mama jokes, like a little bit of some of the dated dialogue and insults and things like that that we just don't use anymore, which is like pretty much all movies fall prey to something like that. Like I I thought that though it captured the essence of pickup basketball really well. And like a lot of the nuances of like why people get into fights and the way that they fight during these games, like constantly arguing over the score like that was like like you yes. have never played in a pickup the- game you've never argued like <laughs> yes. then like how much do we have and the person tells you and you're like no fuck you we have right. 10 not yeah. nine right and, and then all of a sudden it's like okay never mind no no no. we have nine we have nine we'll take the ball out we'll just beat you or you and- pour it up top like eventually like if you can't get it settled they didn't have a scene like this in the movie except for the first one where uh they're taking five shots from the top of the key. That's how those arguments would get settled, right? Is like, if you didn't decide on the score, all right, shoot for it, shoot for it. And yeah. you, know, if you made it, it was your, you won. If you missed it, then then the other guy got the score that he wanted. But yes, that's that's 100%. And also just eventually getting to the point sometimes where you'd be like, all right, you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. All right, fine. We, we got eight then. We got eight and we'll still beat you. Right. Uh, still, like, right. <laughs> like you're refusing to let them give you the score that you originally wanted because now you've gotten competitive and you're like, all right, like you want to try that? Like now I'm going to beat you like like all right i'll beat you anyway um you know and then there was just like they got there just all the weird rituals and celebrations between teammates like that you know like i I did instead of trying to make them cool it seemed like this movie almost leaned into like the actual improvisational nature of all this stuff which always looks really awkward when you're playing pickup basketball and so like these guys are like not connecting on high fives or like these exhausted like almost patty cake ones and like i just thought that they really got like just the improvisational nature of pickup down really well. Like, and um, just like the types of fights that start, like the types of characters that are at these pickup courts. Like sometimes, like I, I never personally, when I used to play basketball, I never played at Venice Beach or whatever. But if you've ever went and played pickup at any park, there's always just like these weird people here who you want to know their whole backstory. And like, like in the first game, there was like the old guy with the inexplicably with the, hot the neon, light. yeah, the neon yeah, like green like shirts, Minotaur or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and there's like the one guy who's not good, but just like stands near the best player and trash talks the whole time. Right. Which, right, like, it's his sidekick, had, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so I, I just thought, like, uh, I, I just thought that all of that just made the movie a lot of fun. And, like, I thought that just 
I thought there was more of a coherent plot when I was remembering back on when I first watched it. It's but really. for the most part, it's like it almost is like a Tarantino movie where it's like these kind of vignettes about like that are kind of loosely connected and going through the same characters and scene. But it's just like a bunch of interconnected random moments in their life. It's like, okay, here they are hustling at a pickup game. Oh, now they're going to play in a three on three tournament. Now they're arguing over whether or not Billy can dunk. And like, it was just this dialogue of like, it wasn't Tarantino dialogue in terms of like talking like no one talks but like there were the it was dialogue as like a philosophical argument about like life basically like it was just these like like them constantly arguing about the way things were the way women are or whatever right. like these using these scenes as excuses to like kind of muse about what life is actually like and the meaning sure. of it mm -hmm. you had that scene where uh billy goes to confront sydney about hustling him right and like he stands in front of the tv and they're like in the middle of this like argument yeah. over a lot of money it's like hey get out of the way the liquor games on tv like you're standing in front of the tv and like like that's like the the ultimate like like whatever is going on between like we could be fighting but just don't stand in front of like we got to watch the game no right? and it's then they all start they're all fighting like literally one of them has a gun drawn and then they're all celebrating together yeah. right right like it, yeah. it it was very like this is how guys communicate almost like not to that level like obviously my yeah, friends, it was exaggerated don't pull guns on each other but it's like you can be arguing over something stupid during a laker game with your friends or your brothers or whatever and then all of a sudden they hit a huge three and like everybody's celebrating and hugging and then you go right back to fighting it's like this very weird like sports can bring us together but only so much like and i thought they got a lot of those dynamics down really well what did you think about the whole dynamic between like sydney and billy regards to their race like do you think it still holds up or not not entirely it was also i think a different world in terms of like even in la we were less uh you know we were less integrated in in terms of communities than and and so like there are some aspects of it where also like as soon as you know billy takes a couple of shots like you know that he's He's hustling and uh, but but yeah, in terms of their dynamics, it's it, it tries to kind of portray the 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 white guy as like the the hardworking guy that just like, he even says that I like the white guys want to win first and look good second and mm -hmm. black guys want to look good first and win second. And that was whole. But that was very much like a pervasive thought at the time amongst that uh, was a very, very big stereotype. Even when I was very, like, like mm -hmm. you know, my childhood was a different time than yours, but like, right. I, like that was still like kind of, I think common thought a lot of, in a lot of places. Yeah. I find it interesting that this movie kind of flips because you usually have sports movies where it's like the white guy is going in and like, you know, being the white savior basically, but right. this seems kind of flipped a little bit, not even flip. It's just kind of the, they're kind of on the same level. There's no right. kind of, no one's better than the other. You know? Yeah, no, it's not this like, in, it's it's different than most sports movies. Cause it's not this like win one for the Gipper. Like we're all right. going to rally around this like team of underdogs, right. or whatever. It's like two guys who are really good at pickup basketball, trying to hustle people and like one arguing and fighting white. along the way. One yeah. happens to be black. Like well, it doesn't really, really matter to them, but like on the outside, that's how they get. I mean, that's how they get the money, right? Because no, everyone right. underestimates Woody Harrelson right. or whatever. Billy Hoyle. <laughs> yeah. Billy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it was interesting to me that like that Billy was the fuck up, and Sydney, like 
He had a stable home life. They were looking to buy a house. He was like a, a contractor. He had like side gigs, right? And he's using basketball to, you know, supplement his income, but it's not like his only thing. Whereas like Billy's like a degenerate gamble gambler that keeps like gets his girlfriend who's like way too good for him to, you know, into the, all of these compromising situations and loses their money and whatnot. So, yeah, that dynamic was interesting to me. And they they kind of play with that expectation a little bit where, like, the first scene is Billy hustling Sydney, <laughs> And, like, he seems like kind of this, like, you know, first so at first he comes in as a cornball, but then he starts, like, as the movie goes on, he's, like, he, he shows that he's really this relentless trash talker, but he's yeah. playing up his appearance to look nerdy so that he can hustle people. But, like, it, so you think it's, like, going to be that he's teaching, like, Sydney almost, like, how to hustle type thing and whatever. <laughs> and they kind of flip that expectation on its head where like really it's Sydney who like you said has everything together and ends up really kind of being the one that's like trying to get Billy and like help him have his life together like mm -hmm. the only reason that Sydney becomes desperate to go play in that last pickup game for money at the end is that like his house gets robbed and like mm -hmm. that's not his fault like mm -hmm. he just you know his house got robbed right and, and so whereas Billy is just like constantly gambling on things because he can't stop and like I do think that the movie kind of selectively wrote him dumber as it went along like sure. it seemed like he was smarter at the beginning and then he just maybe part of that is like he's revealing himself as like not actually as put together as he tries to come off at the beginning but mm. like it just felt it didn't feel like they set that up or like exposed that enough and it felt like a little bit like they just needed him to be dumber at times right. um but like other than that like i thought that the dynamic between them was like honestly one of the best parts of the movie like they were both i, I thought really strong acting and like mm. it was just like a lot of fun just to watch them argue and scream at each other like yeah that was pretty fun <laughs> jimmy hendrix and whatnot uh, yeah. yeah yeah you're you're hearing it but you're not what is it you're listening to it but you're not hearing jimmy right yeah that's right <laughs> that's right yeah no the that dynamic between them and then yeah then la as a character was yeah. really cool to me like the city of la and just seeing the different scenes of that um yeah. it's not glossy it's very like real and this is parts that you don't usually see. yeah it's not the parts that are good in point. movies normally. really good point yeah, yeah. Um, so in regards to the girlfriend character, um, what did you think about the whole Jeopardy thing? I feel like that's kind of, it, it was just so random. It was, it, it's funny. It gets me thinking about just like, gosh, whenever I, like, that's, that's what I love about the idea of this podcast that you guys do is I will go back and like watch a movie that I loved from the nineties and be like, oh, like we've just kind of gotten better at, at making stuff. I think, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. telling stories and like. Like the idea of white men can't jump is good and it does like hold up, but there are certain things like that where, that are like really like forced upon you, right? And yeah. and also her like, it was almost like they just needed to give her something to do and give her a driving force, and so right. they made it Jeopardy, and then they're like, oh, Alex Trebek will be in the movie. All right, well, I guess sure. we'll shoot a Jeopardy scene. Sure. Like <laughs> it could have just been this thing where she was training to be on Jeopardy, and that was like her quirky character thing. Right. But then she actually gets on it, which I did not. The first time I saw the movie, I was actually like shocked by. I did not think that they were actually going to end up on Jeopardy. Like right, I thought right. that you know it just wasn't what the movie was about. But right. you know, yeah. Yeah, they they found a way to make it work. Yeah, so. That was kind of forced for sure, the Jeopardy thing. It, there's also like, it's also a period where Latin women especially were not particularly well portrayed. And watching it all these years later, like they play up her nagging Puerto Rican woman persona like a lot, you know? Yeah. And I, even even in reading the like, the description of the movie talks about his motor mouth girlfriend. I'm like, 
fuck's that? Like, it's like, like, yeah, I think it's a scary. But at the same time, I do think that it was progressive in some ways in portraying her as like actually really intelligent and like sticking that's, up for herself in the true. end. Like, and like, you know, she won all this money and like they have this good life and they're like getting along. And then the first time somebody comes up and offers them a chance to gamble, he's still like, well, you know, I got to go do it. Like, it's one thing, like, you know, you said you owed this guy, but, like, that doesn't have to be the way that you pay him back. And, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. you're basically giving in to something that basic, that forced you to run across the country and hustle basketball games to try and get out of it. You get out of, like, you know, paying these guys, and then you want to immediately go right back to gambling. Yeah, like, I like the part that she left his ass. Like, mm-hmm. I was really surprised. And she stayed left. Yeah. Yeah. She just, and I thought she was going to come back and be like, oh, no, like, let's, nope, she's gone. I mean, good for her, and she's got money. So I just wanted to say, like, I think it is a little mixed on that front. I do get the criticism that you're making and that they made her the nag, basically, and, like, you know, like, she was constantly telling him what to do, and, like, everybody was commenting on, like, how could he have a woman like that and, like, like keep her under control and, like, all this stuff, and, mm-hmm. like, but, like, they did, I think that they were progressive in that specific aspect of, like, you know, she actually was intelligent and, like, did seem to have a solid head on her shoulders and eventually figured out, like, this guy, like, as well-meaning as he is, stop. he's kind of bad news. Like, right. Yeah. Well, apparently the director actually wanted his girlfriend to be this like upper class Southern woman. But Rosie Perez came in and auditioned and he basically he just kind of flipped and was like, no, we need her because she's such a character. Let's Mm -hmm. just make her who like who she is now. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it was interesting that he had it. It was an interracial uh like um relationship too i don't think you see that as much definitely not in, in the like 90s movies exactly like, yeah yeah that was my parents was a it was flipped it was a white white woman and a puerto rican man but yeah not didn't see a lot of that in the 90s for sure yeah so i mean props to that i guess but yeah her whole character was just kind of like i don't think they like took her too seriously no. she was more for just comedy mm. comedy in the sex scenes yes yeah <laughs> <the> sex scenes <laughs> Um, but yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I think it dragged a little bit too much. Sometimes it was in the mid, there were a couple too many hustling scenes. I think like just for a movie, like I, all of them on their own, I feel like I would have enjoyed. It was just like when you're trying to get to an end destination and what's a decently long movie, it does slow things down and like the forward momentum of the plot a little bit. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of those scenes too, were just devices for, kind of bad trash talk that was one thing i was like who wrote this trash talk like this is not like y- y- there were a couple of points where like people are saying like legit nasty like no i'm gonna i'm going to fuck you up right now type tr- trash talk because that's how that's how it gets you right you're competing you're like you're yeah. banging up against each other and like you catch an elbow the wrong way and like all of a sudden you're kind of like you're kind of hot a little bit right but it's not like your mama is an astronaut blah 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 it's like yeah, what was the yeah that was part? that was, was so like, stupid what? i literally cringed i forgot about that until you mentioned that specific line i was like what like I, at first i thought that we had bought the censored version and i was like what <laughs> yeah. did they, like a dubbed version and i was like what did they and then all of a sudden they start dropping f bombs and i'm like oh no that was the actual track cuz you know sometimes in dubbed movies they'll throw random words in there that make no sense but it's just like they can't say asshole or something right. like that so and, I remember that sounded like like old white guys were writing trash talk scenes yes. and, and like they'd never played pickup basketball or they yeah. did in the 60s or something. Because like that's something that like my father's generation would say, your mother is an astronaut, right? Like that, that's some devastating burn, right? But even in the 90s, like if you said your mother is an astronaut, like it would have been like, what? You're, You're like, okay? Like I'm not even mad. Just like, 
what, what was that? Successful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I like that one scene, though, where the guy, oh, what's the guy with the gun that goes and robs the convenience store? What's that was name? hilarious that he walked in there and he was going to rob the convenience store. And the guy's like, take off your ski mask. I know that's you. Dog. Like, <laughs> I know who you are. And, then he, sell, and then he <laughs> sells him the gun to get the money and then goes back. I'm going to go get my other gun and I'm going to shoot everybody. And like <laughs> yeah. that scene kills me every single really time. And that's, so that's Marcus everyone. Johnson. That's Marcus Johnson. And like that to me is one of the better like non-actor, like athlete camo cameos, because he's legitimately really good in that scene, and it's a really memorable. No, I honestly did not know that he was an NBA player. Like in that, like watching that scene right now, I just thought he was a tall guy, and like that actually he's, makes sense. But like a three-time All Star, averaged like twenty points a game over like ten okay. seasons. Yeah, really, really good player. <laughs> yeah, right. I, that scene. <laughs> I wonder if he had any more acting jobs after that. I'm not sure. He he was. Uh, I actually met him a few years back. He was in L.A. Uh, he went to Crenshaw High School. So oh. that's actually another thing that I liked about the movie is a few of the people that were in it were like L.A. like playground ballers or Marcus Johnson who went to school at Crenshaw High School, went to college at UCLA. You know, like there was a lot of like L.A. basketball type ties, and L.A.'s got a great story basketball wise that I thought was was really cool. But yeah, I, I don't know if he did more acting beyond that, but he was just super impressive in in that role. Yeah, definitely. Actually, speaking of athletes and being actors, apparently this movie they wanted to remake it with Blake Griffin. 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 Hmm. I, I, I can't I don't know see if that. I, would, I mean, he's funny, but I don't know if it's like in the style of this movie funny. Like he's very dry and deadpan and has like comedic instincts in that way. I'm not sure that like. I don't know if they're still going to remake it, but I saw that. And then they also were thinking of putting Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan as the two characters. I don't know who Miles Teller is. I could see Michael B. Jordan. Eh, maybe. I just feel like it would be strange to see a remake yeah. of this movie. I like, I don't know. I just remake. feel like it kind of is like, like this is what this movie is. I don't know. I, I, I can't even very, picture what movie. you'd be adding to it in a remake. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I think it's yeah. a very movie of the times. Like, yeah. I don't think this would fly at this point. But Oh, Miles Teller is the guy from Whiplash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the drummer, the student. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I could I could see that, but I could kind of see it, but again, I could see it not doing well. Yeah, no, I'd prefer prefer not. And also, like, I don't think a lot of people play pickup basketball like they used to, especially outdoor ball. Yeah, well, no. like whenever I drive by courts, like they're they've always been pretty empty. You know, I've always kind of wondered what happened. Well, with we that are block. in a shutdown, so we are in a shutdown. I'm not driving by any courts right now. Yes, <laughs> we do have actually. Speaking of pickup basketball, there is a basketball small basketball court behind our apartment. And there's, I don't know how many kids are playing right yeah, now. Yeah, there's like two kids and their dad that are playing every day. And like, I'm jonesing for basketball enough that like, I'm considering just sitting there and watching their pickup games. But last right, night, right the dad recap. was all, yeah. 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 The, it was like midnight and the dad was yelling at the kid. He's like, you got all this time to get better. Like, get your ass in the house. <laughs> So, um, nice. Anyway, so like getting back to it, like Pete, do you feel like it held up? Like, did it like kind of mostly mirror what your expectations were on rewatch? Like, because I, I could say for me, I really feel like it mostly did. Like, I was, I, I still enjoyed most of it. I thought it was funny. Um, I like, I enjoyed watching the characters interact with each other. Like, you know, like like we all talked about this whole, you know, last twenty minutes. Like, there's some flaws I think now, but like mm -hmm. that I notice more. But for the most part, I, I still really enjoyed the movie. I, same here. Like it's it's not the type of movie that really can be a timeless classic, right? That that is that you can relate to in any era. But 
it was a it was a great snapshot of like LA pickup ball and and I was never part of like the hustling scene so I can't speak of you know that those dynamics but simply playing you know pickup ball on the outside half court right like that was very much a time and place that it captured in a lot of ways with some you know kind of cringy dialogue here and there in the trash talk but aside from that I do think for the most part it held up yeah I think I mean it was a pretty solid movie I mean I wouldn't watch it again Honestly, no mm-hmm. offense, but I, it's no too much here. basketball for me. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll rewatch it when they remake it with Alex Caruso I and can LeBron. See that. Oh, okay. I definitely see that. Oh, I'll watch it after they after they both retire. Alex Caruso and LeBron are going to remake this movie. I can That's, definitely see it. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch it too, just for Alex. Because <laughs> LeBron will be a star actor by then. He'll have already like debuted in Space Jam and like really shown like his Oscar-winning performance that like he can take on any role. So. We'll see <laughs> where he's playing LeBron James. Anyways, Pete, where can people find you? Oh, just at Laker Film Room on YouTube and uh, and Twitter. Yes, uh, Pete. Actually, All right, well, you're about to get three new followers from this <laughs> podcast, so I look forward to them. Welcome. I, I every time I explain you to people, I dub you as the voice of God. <laughs> wow. Okay, you got to explain that before we go. <laughs> you're the voice of God, basically. You have like this really perfect like voice for like voiceovers and stuff so that's all i say <laughs> a voice of god right i i have not heard you use that before i've I think definitely i've definitely seat, heard it so right. so so your fiance has described me as the voice of god and what did your mom describe my voice as your mom my mom said that you had a sexy voice pete <laughs> all right all right well i'm gonna hold on to all that information and use it at a later date yeah, okay. absolutely. Thank All you. right. Well, anyway, we're, that. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Rewind and Reconsider. Um, Mio, th- tell the people what movie we're going to be watching next before I go file for divorce papers. <laughs> well, I don't know. The time right now, this is where dreams are made of. So I think we should watch the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, God. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to see that. You want to come back for that one? I won't be joining you for that one. Oh, that's disappointing. (laughs) All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of Rewind and Reconsider. As always, if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us there. You can find us on Spotify. And we will be back with, I guess, Lizzie McGuire. So uh, we will talk to you then. (laughs) 